Well, welcome once again to Voice of Reason Radio. Your hosts, Chris Honholtz and Richard Story, joining you on now the 4th of February. We've actually stormed into the next month of 2023. And on this day in history, we apparently decided to wait until a Chinese spy balloon went all the way across the country, went uh, uh, on the uh, outside the oceans of uh, into the ocean of South Carolina, and that's when we shot it down. Way to go, us. Yay. So <laughs> if you're not aware of that, just go on Twitter or any other news outlet. You'll figure it out. But yeah, way to go, uh, Joe Biden and government and Pentagon. We're letting a, <laughs> a, spy saddle, a spy balloon make its way across the country before you did something about it. Right on. A, way to go, guys. Okay, not a political show, but I just had to note that. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for spending time with us. By the way, if you are new to Voice of Reason Radio, welcome. Uh, much to our surprise, <laughs> uh, Podbean did us a really nice favor. Now, they did it because we applied, but we didn't know that they had done it yet. They, they have listed us. If you are a, a follower of the program, you know we host our show through Podbean. Podbean has an app, and you can apply to be featured for a period of time. I think it's about a month on the app. So if you were to look up, say, religion or spirituality or Christianity, you would have a list of uh, featured programs. Well, there you'll find Voice of Reason Radio. That apparently happened sometime about the middle of January, about a week or two after we put in the application. What we didn't know is that they did that. (laughs) What we did notice is, wow, there's more downloads than usual. (laughs) So apparently some of you have joined us uh, because of that. It, it, it certainly is. You are welcome to uh, part of the family. We're grateful to have you. Want to thank Podbean for doing that. Now, the reason we're bringing that up is part of the application process is if you're accepted, you're supposed to read ad copy material. So if you listen to a lot of podcasts, they will usually tell you about their hosting platform and invite you if you're interested in doing a podcast to do that. Uh Podbean seems to have forgotten to send us to it, <laughs> that information. <laughs> so, however, I actually do want to consider, if you are looking for a podcast, and I'm not doing this to try to get a good graces with Podbean, I do actually, I, I want to honor our commitment because they have featured us. I And I want to tell you, Rich and I have been hosting with Podbean for almost seven years now. We're two months away, two and a half months away from seven years as a podcast. And all that time has been with Podbean. Now, I will say this much about it. If we can use Podbean, you can do it, okay? (laughs) It is a very user-friendly platform. The prices are extremely reasonable. That's not ad copy. I'm saying this is because I actually believe it. Um, If they do send us the ad copy, that'll be, (laughs) you'll hear hear it then. Um, But the prices are very reasonable. It's unlimited hosting for what we pay. And um, some of you are very kind by actually sending in through Patreon. That actually covers the cost. Um, and, and a little bit more and it is, it links up with stuff, all, uh, all kinds of different plop, uh, podcasting, uh, platforms. So things like Apple podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio and all, all these others you guys have heard us talk about before. They even have a function that allows our podcast podcast to be formatted into a quote unquote video format, which is really just audio with the logo uh, posted like a video picture and you can li- watch, so to speak, uh, I'm doing air quotes so you can't see that, uh, watch us on YouTube, which is basically just listening if you use YouTube and, and stream it in the background. So it is extremely user-friendly. And it, if there have been minor issues, they've been very quick to help us out with it. 
and there, uh, I think in the last couple years, their, their your analytics they've actually become certified in that. So your analytics are now certified, and you can be sure that the numbers you get are pretty spot on. Uh, when we first joined, that wasn't the case, and they've since become certified, showing that they've actually done the work to give you good numbers of, of uh, what you're going to get. So if you are considering podcasting, uh, our friends uh, Amy Freeman and Michelle Leslie, for example, they are on uh, on Podbean with a word fitly spoken. You know, and, and they will say the same thing. I think it is a very user-friendly format. So something to consider. Um, I don't have ad copy. I spun that up. It, it just knowing my experience with them. So I hope that, I hope that helps Podbean, uh, you know, you, you guys consider using them and, and it gets them some more customers because I'm very thrilled with them. When we got connected up with uh, Christian podcast community, they, they do have their own hosting. We chose to stay, uh, even though that meant we would not be a full on a uh, partner, so to speak in the community, we'd be affiliated that we just stuck with Podbean because we know it. <laughs> so I, that's that's why I like using them. So hopefully that will help you. Now, by way of reminder, we are part of the Christian Podcast Community. Want to encourage you to go check out all those shows. I will put. I, I forget to do this often. I'm going to put the link to all the various shows for uh, Christian Podcast Community in today's show notes because I really want you to check it out. It continues to grow. Tons and tons of programs on there. I also want to recommend to you, and I did tell Andrew that we would do this. Um, he had Apologetics Live, which is a live video stream uh, program that they do on YouTube and other video formats uh, through something called StreamYard. It goes to all these different uh, platforms, but then he takes it and drops it into uh, podcast form. So I'm going to drop the link to that too, because this last week they had a really, I think a really interesting conversation <laughs> Look, I'm not a guy that goes all caps very often, but when I when I watch people utterly disregard what was sh that they were being told so they can stick by what they believe the point is, it's I, I it's one of those things where my 24 years of a certain career field experience start going, "No, get back on track." <laughs> and I started getting excited in in the chat comments and and Andrew use them uh, and share them. So, but I, I want you to li listen to it because it, if, uh, if you know this program, if you know Andrew and you know, you know who Justin Peters is, Justin Peters is a faithful brother in the Lord who speaks his entire ministry really is dealing with responding to charismatic, uh, the you know, charismatic movement. And especially to those who consider them the, like the leaders and the original founders of it and refuting the false teachings of it. And he did, there was this cessationist conference up in uh, Idaho. He was part of that. He did a sermon there. And one of the things that he did was compare the founders of and, and current day leaders of the charismatic movement, were all heretics, to modern, the founders and current day leaders of what we would say is that maybe the cessationist church a church who believed in the cessation of the signs and wonders gifts of the book of Acts. And so somebody took issue with the way uh, what Justin said, tried to basically uh, boil it down to Justin isn't fair because Justin didn't give context yet for a three hour program, 
Drew Von Nita, good friend of ours, part of uh, Matter of Theology podcast, and Andrew took this man over and over and over again to the fact that the context existed and he was disregarding it. And this individual continually, continually missed, either intentionally missed what was being said or just disregarded it. And I think it's a really good program because it helps you see how that kind of, in my opinion, mentality toward, and I think we can all be guilty of it, I'm fixed on this, I'm right about this, and therefore... Nothing is going to move me no matter how much evidence is brought to bear that I'm wrong. And that was what happened in this one. I'm really going to recommend you listen to it. I think it was very informative. And I think it's something that, in my opinion, often comes... Now, I'm not saying that this is the only place it happens. Uh, we, we folks on the more conservative side of things can be just as guilty. But it's something I've often seen within the charismatic side of things. The second you say charismatic gifts, wrong, they're, they're not continued... Um, and by the way, these people up here who are the, the, the quote-unquote generals, they are preaching heresy, they are false prophets, etc. The, the, you know, the, the, the battle cry is, you're being divisive. I don't ever hear them say that when their side says, here's a charismatic conference. Their side says, cessationism is a cancer. Their side says, uh, you know, cessationists have a low view of, the, of the, the Holy Spirit. I never hear them say, you're being divisive to their own people. <laughs> that that's the side point, but it was a really good program. Uh, I I, I wasn't part of it. I was just in the chat room uh, on YouTube, like a lot of other people were. I got excited because I don't like people being intellectually dishonest in a discussion, especially even if they're just being dishonest to themselves. And I I, I genuinely believe there was some just some intellectual dishonesty. So I'm going to put that in the show links. Part of the Christian podcast community. Uh, grateful for Andrew and the work and he and Drew Vanita did. Please check that out. So. With all that said, welcome once again to the program. Rich, my brother, how are you doing this week? Oh, as always, brother, better than I deserve. And I'll have to go check that um, live stream video audio out. Um, when you go to the link, are you watching the video or is this an audio version of it? Uh, the link I'm going to supply is straight to Christian Podcast Community. It's the audio version. And the reason I'm supplying that is something that the... Uh, the, the person on the show, Zach Woods, I think his name is, um, something came to light after the show that he had posted that takes everything that he said and turns it on its head. And he had posted it 24 hours before. Now, that's on, not on the video version uh, because we didn't know. It was, it was video. It was a live stream. You can go to YouTube and look up Apologetics Live and you can watch the video, but I encourage you to listen to the audio because Andrew tacks on at the beginning that that uh, that Facebook post comment that Zach had written that utterly changes the entire conversation. And 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 it's you know I, I know Andrew feels somewhat regrettable that we didn't know that before the the show began, but God is sovereign; He knows what needed to be said during that show, and I think what. Andrew and Drew both did with Zach has showed how fair they were and that information not being present made it possible in my opinion for them to be as fair as possible I think had they known what Zach had written the day before this the airing of this uh, live stream I think it would have uh, entirely changed the nature of the conversation and not not that that's a bad thing but I think it allows you to see 
how how you should approach these conversations in the most fair and honest fashion possible. But once you listen to that, then think back to the 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 thing that uh, Drew says at the beginning of the program. And then you'll realize why that piece of information. And I'm trying not to. I'm, I want you to go listen to it. I don't want to basically. I'm kind of playing my cards close to the vest because I want you to listen to Andrew's show. I, I, I want you to hear that. But it, it was a very interesting, and it's a long one, so you're gonna have to take some time. But it, it was a, a very interesting conversation. Um, very, very much worth everybody's time, in my opinion. Well, <clears throat> I haven't listened or watched watched it, so I have no idea what was said. But I will throw in my two cents worth right now that just goes to show that a lot of times people are have been taught and maybe grown up in a particular type of church with particular teachings and they've been exposed to that and they've been so inundated within that culture and those teachings for years upon years upon years that they think they are adamantly standing firm on the faith when actually they're standing firm on lies and deception. That's why it is absolutely critical that we gauge our beliefs and we gauge our walk by the Word of God mm-hmm. Himself. We don't base it on what other people are teaching and telling us. We need to take what people are saying and what they are teaching and compare it to what Scripture actually says. Amen. And that kind of leads into tonight's topic. We're going to be discussing the fruit of of salvation, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And this is one clear-cut way to determine whether you're on the narrow path or whether you're on the broad way to destruction. And the Bible clearly lays out and mandates how we can know if we are truly walking in the faith and being guided by the Holy Spirit. So with that said, brother, why don't you lead us off? Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and you're absolutely right. This very much plays into... now. If you've been listening to us for the last few weeks, especially if you're brand new, you know that we covered a lot of different things in the last few weeks where we were talking about things like last week, talking about Andy Stanley and his basically divorcing Christianity from Scripture altogether. Um, and we talked about the, you know, the allegations of you're a fake Christian, even though the people who say that really don't have any... Uh, connection to scripture nine times out of ten they've rejected the word of god but they can tell you what christianity is and then we talked about how culture at large is using the manipulation of language to trap christians into a particular narrative and so all of these things have been important because it draws us back as rich said to the word of god how do we know what we are supposed to do what we are supposed to be how we are supposed to live it is through the word of god now, last week in particular, this this episode isn't necessarily connected to last week, but last week we were talking about how Andy Stanley was essentially trying to claim those who live in an unrepentant lifestyle of sin, in this case, sexual immorality, and more specifically, homosexuality, are still Christians and they still love God. And yet we went through the scriptures talking about how this is foreign to scripture, that there is no such thing, that you cannot be a person in unrepentant sin and yet still somehow be loving God and how you can still somehow, you know, be a follower of Christ when you reject what he says. So by extension of that, and again, not necessarily because of the last week, but what, what we wanted to talk about tonight is, well, what is it? What is a Christian? How, how do you know you're a Christian? 
And we talk, Rich and I were talking about this, is we really want to focus on this issue of the fruit of the Spirit. Because that is what Scripture tells us is what, what we're to look for, that we are to see, are we producing fruit? And that goes back to Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 24. And Paul writes to the Galatians, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, I want to just stop right there. What does he mean, not under the law? Remember that the law is a schoolmaster, which keeps us, uh, you know, it kind of keeps watch over us and guides us in a certain direction, meaning it guides us to Christ because it reveals that we cannot keep the law. We cannot be righteous of our own ability. When we are in the Spirit, when we are born again, when we are a, Christ, a genuine Christian, a new creation in Christ, we are now in the Spirit. It is not that we keep the law so that we may somehow merit uh, it, it merits uh, some sort of reward from God, but rather in the spirit, we are a new creation, which we'll get to in a minute. Paul continues to write, starting in verse 19, now the works of the flesh are evident. These are the things you look for, for someone who is not in the spirit, but living in the flesh. And he says, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, Fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, now this is not that someone may struggle in their sin. Again, we'll get to that in a minute. These are, you are living this way. You are a, a person of intense, ongoing anger. You have, you, you you're creating division, you engage in drunkenness or orgies, or you engage in strife and enmity, or you worship a god of your own creation, Andy Stanley. Uh, sexual immorality, an ongoing lifestyle of unrepentant sin. This is what Paul is talking about. These are the marks of someone who is not in Christ. So you can label yourself whatever you want, you can call yourself a, for example, gay Christian, but the scriptures make it clear that sexual immorality is, if you are living and practicing this, you are not in the spirit, you are in the flesh. And if you're in the flesh, Paul makes it clear, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. However, fruit of the spirit, starting verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love. Stop right there. What is love? It is a love for God and the, that which he has uh, called us to. Remember, it's not the world's definition of love. Go back a couple episodes about you know the destruction of words. Love is not the way the world love, defines love. We don't get to import a worldly definition of love. This is a biblical definition of love, okay? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. That's important. Not that you're a good person by the world's definition. But you are pursuing goodness. And what is goodness? That which is defined by God. Why? Because Jesus said, there is only one who is good, and that's God. So goodness, the things of God, pursuing that which is uh, the things of God. Faithfulness, faithful to who? To God. Gentleness, self-control. 
controlling one's passions and desires. And by the way, for those who say, well, you can have the desire as long as you don't act on it, that's wrong. What did Jesus say? That if you look with what? Lust. You've committed adultery in the heart. That if you have unjust anger in your heart, you are just as likely, you're to face the same type of judgment should you have committed murder. Desire of the heart that is not in line with God's word is a sin. He nails down to the condition of the heart. Okay, so self-control. Warring against the desires of the flesh and the desires of, the, of a, heart, or a hardened heart. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with what? Its passions and desires. Fruit of the Spirit is that which pursues the things of God. When you produce in your heart, in your desire, in your actions, in your thoughts, in your words, your deeds, you are producing that which is pursuing God, conformity to God. And you are putting to death the passions and desires of the flesh, going back to verses 19 to 21. Rich, when we stop and think about it, we don't obey God so that we can merit salvation. We can't. We've already discussed that. Where if we try to merit it, we're putting ourselves under the law. That was the whole point where uh, you know Paul is talking to the Galatians. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has deceived you? You know, people they wanted to put themselves back under the Jewish law rather than rely upon the you know uh, salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. He says, you if you're in the Spirit, you're not pursuing the the you know earning merit through the law keeping, but if you are in the Spirit, then you produce what? Obedience. A desire to love the Lord, love the things that He loves, and hate the things that He hates. Am I wrong? Well, you're absolutely right, brother. And before I go any further, a lot of my notes tonight are actually from a sermon by Charles Spurgeon, which is in the show notes. I can't encourage our listeners enough to go read this sermon by Charles Spurgeon because it covers this particular topic in such depth that if it was up to me, we would have just read the sermon tonight, and that would have been the show. I mean, it is that good. And and we know that Spurgeon, you know, everything he writes was tremendous, but this is one of those that, I would love for everyone that is listening to this episode to actually go read the sermon because he nails everything so well and so much on the head that, um, you know, it's one of those times that we read something and we're like, oh, okay, I wish I could articulate this truth this well. Um, I'm going to share a few highlights and some things that jumped out at me within the sermon. Um, some of them, like I said, though, a lot of my notes were taken from that sermon. Some of it's paraphrased, and I've got a few things and thoughts that are my own. So I just wanted to put that out there so I'm not accused of <clears throat> plagiarizing <laughs> Charles Spurgeon, as we know some individuals have been done in the past. But anyway, but yeah, we, we, don't, we don't do, uh, you, know, um, you know, SBC former president's here at all at Lytton. No, we don't we don't do that. 
<laughs> and then and the rest of this conversation we kind of we may be jumping back and forth between the different texts within this portion of Galatians but we we have a point as we get towards the end of this recording but one thing i want to point out that really jumped out at me reading this sermon and should jump out at all of us when we read this portion of the text we need to remember the the key words in in this are fruit of the spirit it's not the fruit of salvation it's not the fruit of christ god good works bible reading or studying fruit of preaching reading books or debate or debating with others but what it is fruit of the holy spirit which sealed each of us in christ at the moment of our salvation and it is the very that spirit is the very spirit of god himself and the very soul of christ that's what we're talking about when we discuss the fruit of the spirit it is nothing wrought in us it is something that is given to us by christ when we are saved it is the holy spirit himself and you may have read this or it may have been in a different portion of galatians but i want to know this was from galatians 2:20, and we need to remember this in galatians 2:20, it writes i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me and the life i now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ. Our flesh has been put to death. Our sin, our sinful flesh has been nailed to the cross. We are now to live by Christ, in Christ, through Christ, in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, meaning that our focus should be on Christ and the Holy Spirit and being guided by the Holy Spirit, and one contraction, or not contraction, but one comparison within this verse, as it as it goes from speaking of the desires of the flesh and those things that Chris laid out and 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 recited from this verse, is is the transact transition from the flesh to the spirit, and that word but is huge in the context of this message, but go ahead, brother. No, absolutely. And yes, I will have that uh, in the links. It's from the Spurgeon library. First fruit of the spirit. We'll, we'll have that definitely in the show links. So in, in examining this, like Rich said, this is fruit of the spirit. Why do we say fruit of the spirit? Remember that salvation is a work of God. It's not something I merit. It's not something that I can achieve of my own accord. It is the work of God in an unrepentant sinner's heart. It is Christ himself, Paul himself who says in 2 Corinthians 5:17, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come." For those who, you know, we often hear about it when we talk about salvation, which is is not, you're not saved by works, but your salvation produces works. And oftentimes, people, the, those who kind of preach an easy believism, those who believe that, no, you never talk about works of any kind, will accuse 
those of us who say that when you are redeemed, when you are in Christ, you produce good works. They'll say you're adding works to salvation. Nothing further from the truth. There's just nothing further from the truth. You are a new creation. You are something that has been reborn, a new heart with new desires. How do I know that? Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 23 to 27. The Lord speaking, okay, and, and he's speaking to Israel. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when, I, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and will cause you to walk in my statutes and to be careful to obey my rules. This is a work of God speaking to an unrepentant Israel that he is, that he is scattered. He's going to bring them back and he's going to do what? He's going to give them a new heart, make them a new creation, and put his spirit within them. When do we see that? That's when, at the time of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the, uh, on the disciples as they, they go forth as apostles, preaching the power of, of Christ in the salvation of Christ through the gospel, and the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the people in, uh, in keeping with Jesus Christ's own promises. Rich? And that answers the how. How are we made new creations in Christ? Once we're truly saved and sealed in Christ, what does Christ do? How does Christ work through us? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. Yep. And when the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, depending on which way you want to phrase it, but when the Holy Spirit comes into us, He is the author of all our desires pertaining to true holiness. He is the one that leads and guides and directs our heart towards these things. He strives in us against the flesh. The Holy Spirit himself is working within us, fighting against our still heartfelt desires for things of the flesh, because Paul talks about several times about warring against the flesh and putting on the armor of God and spiritual warfare. Sometimes it takes on different things, but in the context of this discussion, we're, at, we're literally at war within ourselves. The Holy Spirit fighting and raging war against our still fleshly desires and those temptations which will lead us astray and, and are still drawing us and, and working within us and fighting within us because, you know, we, we're very familiar with, with spiritual warfare terms and battling and struggling against sin. And that's the component that most of the professing church has forgotten when it comes to easy believism and all these other types of phrases that you want to put on it. They forget that it's a war against sin. We are to be at war against mm -hmm. ourselves through the power of the Holy Spirit, meaning that we need to be leaning more and more and more on the Holy Spirit and praying to God to grant us strength 
to grant us victory against the sin that's within us, opening our eyes to our own sin, making us hate our own sin more and more and more. And that Holy Spirit guides and leads us in submission to God's holiness and striving for holiness. And that good spirit also leads us in the way of life. If we be led in the spirit, says the apostle, we're not under the law. He leadeth, he leadeth us by gentle means, drawing us with cords of love and bands of a man. He leadeth me, talking about the Holy Spirit himself. If we take a single step in the right road, it is because of the Holy Spirit leading us. And if we have persevered these many years in the way of peace, it is all due to the Holy Spirit's guidance, even to him who will surely bring us in and make us to enjoy the promised rest. It's all because of the Holy Spirit working through us for the glory of Christ. Um, and I may be jumping ahead of you, but we need to look at that but, that contrast that Paul puts in there between the flesh and the spirit. But, B-U-T, and in, in this context of this, it has huge implications. That but is placed there because the apostle, the apostle has been mentioning certain works of the flesh, and all of which the Holy Spirit cast away like chaff and then sets forth in opposition to them. The fruit of the Spirit, if you'll read the chapter, you'll notice that the apostle has used no less than 17 words. I might also say 18 to describe the works of the flesh. Human language is always rich in bad words because the human heart is full of the manifold evils which these words denote. Nine words are here used to express the fruit of the Spirit, but to express the works of the flesh, see how many are gathered together, meaning that those that work of the flesh, that sin, comes to us naturally. It is born within us. We are saved and secured in Christ, but until we are glorified with Christ in heaven, as long as we're walking this earthly realm, we will be engaging in that sin war against our flesh, against these things mentioned in this verse by Paul addressing the Galatians. And he was trying to point out to them that, we, that these professing Christians that are Jews are coming in trying to get you to still adhere to the Mosaic law, trying to get you to under, they're teaching that you must be doing this, 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 and this in order to be saved. And later on, Paul addressed the fact that they wanted Gentiles circumcised as evidence of their faith, and that has a lot of correlation today to baptisms, but that's a topic for another show. But they were wanting to glorify themselves and what they got these Galatians to do instead of glorifying Christ, what he has done already in them. When Paul speaks about we're no longer under the law, he's correct. We're no longer under the Mosaic law. We're no under, we're no longer under the law of works that Israel had been enduring and slave to for so many years. Christ came to set the Jews and the Gentiles free from works of the law, works of the flesh, trying to earn and merit and keep our salvation. Once we're sealed in the Holy Spirit, that is gone, that is done away with, because outside of the Holy Spirit, we can never be right and righteous and perfect in the eyes of God. It is, it is absolutely impossible for God to accept sin. God cannot accept us and receive us in our sinful state. That's why we have to have Christ as our mediator, as our propitiation. God looks 
at us, not as ourselves in sin, but God looks at us as he looks at Christ himself. He sees the perfection in Christ because we've been sealed in Christ through the working of the Holy Spirit. And without that sealed Holy Spirit and evidences of being sealed in the Holy Spirit through the fruit of the Spirit, it is impossible to claim that we're actually saved in Christ at all, brother. Amen. 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 So I just, again, this is what, you know, as Rich was saying, as we were just pointing out a minute ago, oh goodness, you'll have to forgive me. My phone ringer is on and I didn't know that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so uh, all of this is happening because we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel points to that and it is fulfilled at Pentecost. And how do we know that? John chapter 14, verses 23 through 26. Jesus saying, and Jesus answered him, And if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and the Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Fruit of the works of the flesh, remember? And the word you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. So the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. And he is the one who indwells us. Why? Because God promised it back in Ezekiel that he would put his Spirit within us and that we would what? It would what? Cause us to walk in his statutes and be careful to obey his rules. You know, Jesus said, again, going back to uh, verse 20, uh, 23 and 24, that you know, if anyone loves him, we keep his word. Whoever doesn't love him does not keep his word. Fruit of the f- Spirit, works of the flesh. Why? Because we are indwelt by the Spirit. That is why it is the fruit of the Spirit. And that indwelling, that indwelling of the Spirit is what makes us a new creation. As is said back in Ezekiel, that, you know, uh, verse 26 will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. All of this is to point out that salvation is a gift of God. It is salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone that results in what? The indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which results in a new heart and a new set of desires and a willingness and a desire to obey God. And that is evidenced by the fruit of the Spirit, which goes back to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So when we say that we look at the fruit, what what are we to be looking for? How do we know that someone someone says, I'm a Christian. Okay, what am I looking for that validates that? See, unfortunately, we live in a time and a culture today within the evangelical church where we say, if you say you're a Christian, that's it. Nobody gets to question it. But that's not what scripture tells us. In fact, it's Paul who uh, writes to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. He tells the Corinthians... Remember, he's written two letters to these people, numerous rebukes for things that they have done that they ought not have done. 
He says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that, G that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? Paul telling the Corinthian church, who was fraught with, with sinful problems, test yourselves. Examine yourselves. Do you meet the test? This is the same Paul who in the same, or who wrote to the Galatians. How do you know if you're in the Spirit? You, produce, you have fruit being produced by the Spirit. He is telling the, uh, the Corinthians to test themselves. There's no difference between these two letters in this regard. There are different things that he addresses, different theological issues that come up, but in the same place, in the same way, he's telling both groups to examine themselves to look for something. Fruit of the Spirit. Now, if that's not enough for you, the apostle whom Jesus loved, John himself, 1 John chapter 2, verses 1-6, through 6, my little children, I am writing these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now stop right there. Does fruit of the Spirit mean you are 100% obedient at all times? Of course not. That would be impossible in this life. We have not yet reached glorification. We are justified. We are sanctified. We are being, we are being conformed to the image of the Christ throughout the walk of, the, uh, of our time on this planet. We are not 100% uh, obedient. We are not without sin. John is writing to these people to say, I don't want you to sin. I want you to turn from sin. I want you to repent of sin. I want you to be obedient. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So don't let anything we're saying here make you feel like, well, I'm not obedient in everything, so I must be, a, I must be unsaved. It's not what he's saying. There is a struggle, there is a war going on in our flesh that the fruit of the Spirit wars against the, uh, the works of the flesh. And that warfare is an evidence that is a fruit of the Spirit. That's, the, that's actual fruit happening because your desire is to do the things, that the, that, that fruit of the Spirit, that obedience, that kindness, that goodness, that self-control. All those things are being, at, you know, you're warring against the flesh to achieve those things. And when you do stumble in sin, guess what? You have Jesus Christ the righteous who is your advocate. Now, he says that he is the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Here we go again. Examination. Verse 4. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Works of the flesh. All those things that you just dive into and just drink up like water. You see no problem with. You're just not going to repent of it. It's not a sin. It's my lifestyle. This is how I was born. This is what I am. There's nothing wrong with it. How dare you not say I'm not a Christian. That's what he's talking about, right? If you refuse to uh, obey him, then you're saying you are a liar and you're, you do not have the truth of Christ in you. But, verse 5, whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same 
way in which he walked. If we say we abide in Christ, there must be something that verifies that by which, by how we walk. There is evidence. You're at war. You're you're stumbling. You're struggling. You're you're, you're every day. You, you know, moment you wake up, the in your eyes, in your first, your eyes are open, and the first thoughts hit your mind. You're struggling with sin. That's an evidence. That shows that you got the fruit of the Spirit working in you. You open your eyes, you, your first thoughts hit your mind, and nothing, no conviction, no sense of uh, 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 to have repentance, no sense of changing yourself according to the Word of God. No, I live this way. There's nothing wrong with it. Then you're a liar when you say you follow Christ. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. We are to examine ourselves, examine our walk. Rich? Well, just to briefly backtrack just a moment, and you were basically covering, worded just a little different than what I wanted to say, but we're living in a state of constant duality, in, in, in so to speak, meaning that the sin is present, and we are being guided and led by the Holy Spirit at the same time. One of the best ways that we can examine ourselves and truly, truly look within ourselves to see if we are growing in the faith or if we are clinging to sin is from this passage. We read the works of the flesh versus fruit of the Spirit. The, the, the works of the flesh, we should be hating those things more and more and more in ourselves. We should be noticing sin within ourselves more and more and more. At the same time, we should be growing to love Christ more and love what Christ loves more and desiring to achieve the different descriptions of fruit of the Spirit more and more. But it's not just wanting to separate ourselves from sin and cling to Christ we must be leaning on Christ to work that in us. We need to be praying that Christ grows us in grace and faith and strength and reveal our sin to ourselves and pray that Christ grow us and strengthen us and allow us to exhibit fruit of the Spirit more based on the key word in that passage, love, love for Christ, love for his word, love for his hatred of sin, love to depart from our fleshly sinful ways. And that's one way that we can truly examine ourselves to see if we are growing in Christ. And a lot of people avoid doing this because they truly don't want the answer. They want to stay with the status quo and think, well, I'm saved, so that means I can get away with doing this or I can get away with doing that. They are trying to keep one foot in the world and trying to keep a foot in heaven at the same time. But the most critical thing that is overlooked in all of this, and people despise, you know, the, all professing Christians in the profession church, they want Jesus as Savior, but they absolutely despise him as Lord over their life. But more importantly, than that, they despise having Christ as Lord over their hearts and Lord over what they love, because having Christ as Lord means that we are submitting to him in every way, 
thought, mind, soul, body, strength. What is the first and greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that includes your innermost desires and thoughts. We are to be completely consumed with Christ. Now, as Chris said, we will never obtain that and do it perfectly while we're walking this earth. But we should be seeing some spiritual growth in the fruit of the Spirit in some way, form, or fashion. We will struggle. We will have hard times. We will have times to where we fall into sin, but we will never dive headfirst into a particular sin and then turn around and make excuses for it, claiming that we're saved because we're in Christ and we profess to be in Christ, if that makes sense, brother. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So again, this is... This this is not to say, oh, I'm not doing enough to be saved or I'm not doing enough to maintain salvation. This is simply saying that if you are redeemed in Christ, you have been made a new creation by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, given a new heart and new desires with a, uh, uh, with a willingness and a desire to obey Christ to obey his commandments. And that is shown as the fruit continues to develop in your life. That is, you war against the flesh, and yet you will sin. John makes that clear in his epistle, that when you do sin, because we will, you have an advocate. As opposed to the person who says, oh, I know Jesus, and does not even try to keep his commandments, that doesn't have a desire, has no sees no sense in it, but rather sin is just like breathing air to them. They don't have a problem with it. So all of this is, again, it's that evidence that is borne out by the fruit of the Spirit. And we, can, and we are called to test and examine ourselves, and we're even called to look for the fruit in others. Remember, there's a reason why things like church discipline exists. Why, when you see a brother in Christ sinning and you go to them and you are to, you know, to confront them lovingly with the desire to bring them back to, to Christ in repentance, why there's that process? So this, well, you don't get to judge someone else. Actually, yes, we do. Paul says, you know, he says, look, I'm not talking about judging the entire world out there. They're, they're going to sin. But I am talking about judging within the well, the within the church. Okay, that's Chris Honold's paraphrase. But he's he's telling them that you know we are to examine one another. Now there's a difference between examining one's walk where there is sin versus obedience, and then there's the issue of things like um, eating meat sacrificed to idols, which is there is no sin in. However, if a person's conscience says, if I do that, I'm sinning then we're not to stumble them. He says, look, for if you, if you whether it's their worship, they're holding every day as, as holy, or they say one particular day is holy, or if they're eat, eating meat, sacrificed to idols or not. He says, don't be judging on that. That He stands, you know, every person's going to stand before their master. And that's that's the issue that they, they, must, they themselves must, you know, must deal with Christ on. In other words, there's maturity issues, there's wisdom issues, there are, you know, there's conscience issues, and for that, we're not going to judge one another. So for those of you who say, well, it says don't judge, that's what he's talking about. But when it comes to the issues of, is, there, is it works of the flesh or fruit of the Spirit, we're called to examine. Why? Jesus himself says in Luke chapter 6, 
43 through 49. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes pe uh, picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the uh, of excuse me for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks sorry about that we are looking at some if someone says i follow christ then from if that person's heart is a changed heart it will produce good fruit but if a person says i follow christ and what comes forth from the heart is vile evil in their thoughts, words, and deeds, they're not a follower. It's bad fruit. You know, he says, build your house on the rock. Verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do or not do what I tell you? In other words, how can you call him Lord and yet blatantly disobey him? Like, just do it and not care. How can you call him Lord? Verse 47, Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. Those in Christ, even as the world comes against them, even as temptations, as trials, as tribulations comes against them, they stand firm. They may struggle. They may waver. The house may shake. You know, the, you know, the windows may rattle. But they stand firm. Verse 49, But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on a ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. When a person professes Christ but does nothing, has no foundation, has no willingness to be obedient, when the temptations come, when the world comes against, they collapse like a house of cards. The fruit is evidence of the fruit doesn't save the fruit doesn't keep you saved the fruit the fruit isn't uh, how you earn merit the fruit is the proof of a changed supernaturally changed heart how do we know what to do how do we know what to desire from the word of god this all goes back to what we've been talking about for the last few weeks that it is the sufficiency of Scripture because we have contained in it. And you know, actually, there's a Rich. I think we should do this. I, I saw this on on um, on Twitter earlier today. An individual who says, "I do not follow the Bible. I'm not a Bibleian. I follow Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian, and we uh, and we are only as Christian as we follow His commands and example." Where do you get that? How we love or do not love will tell the truth about who we're really following and what we really believe. How can you possibly know that? How can you reject the word of God itself and then say, but I'm going to follow Christ? That's, that, that's a huge disconnect. It it's, goes back to the Andy Stanley argument. We got to disconnect from scripture. I mean, am I right on this or am I right? <laughs> You're absolutely right. And Spurgeon replied. Spurgeon is replying to the question you just asked in eighteen. I think this one was towards the late eighteen hundreds, but that's how long ago Spurgeon answered the question you just asked, which is very funny because we hadn't planned this mm -mm. conversation to quite go like this. 
Spurgeon wrote, nobody ever loved because it was demanded of him. A good man loves because it is in his nature to do so. He goes on to state, love indeed is the very essence of heart liberty. Well may it be honored, for while it is a true grace of the gospel, it nevertheless fulfills the whole law. If you would have law and gospel sweetly combined, you have it in the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. And that is the key thing in today's professing Christian world. The biblical definition of love has been forgotten and tossed aside completely. Um, I'll, I'll let you reply to that, and I'll go on with a couple of other things as we close out. But you, you cannot have Christ and not have the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would make a really, really good and interesting discussion somewhere down the road, perhaps next week. Yep. Um, I'll have to go look that up and see if I can understand some more about where this particular user is coming from. But that is actually an argument we've come across quite mm-hmm. a few times over the years, that I follow Christ, I don't follow the Bible. And they say that not realizing you can't have the one without the other unless you're creating a Christ in your own mind that excuses the sin and the flesh that you love. But um, before I go any further, brother, would you like to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So in this is, you know, without the word of God, how is it that we can know how to be obedient? We can't. You're like a blind man grasping your way in the dark, looking for an exit. You can't find your way, and you have you have no frame of reference. You have no way to know, and he's not left us without a way to know. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17, one of our favorite passages here at Voice of Reason Radio. And he tells him, but for as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been, what? Acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Then, And this is where he says about Scripture. All Scripture, Genesis to Revelation, all Scripture is breathed out by God. It's not man's words, it's God's. Breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that what? The man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The genuine Christian is someone who bears fruit. Fruit that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And the way you know what those are goes back to Second Timothy, that all scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. You as a born-again Christian, you as a new creation indwelt by the Holy Spirit, desire to be obedient to Christ, but you need something that tells you how to do that. There's one means of revelation that God has given you. And it is the scriptures by which you are illuminated in the Holy Spirit to be able to read and understand and then seek to practice. 
See, when Andy Stanley or someone else comes up and says, the Bible's not a great place to go for unbelievers, or a person, you know, the Bible says this about this particular sin, but that's, while that's interesting to talk about, these people love Jesus. How do you have that distinction? You can't. Not apart from the Word of God. You, you make it up. It's now what feels good. It what sounds good. It's what puts somebody in the seat in your church, but it doesn't teach them anything about what God desires for them. Christ himself says, if, you're, if you love me, you're going to obey my commandments. He says, you, you can't call him Lord and then don't do what he says. How do you know what he says? Because he's given it to you in his word. So, fruit is what's produced by the Spirit, but that fruit is defined by the Word, which is inspired by the Spirit. So you can't say that love is something that is contradictory to the Word of God, because the same Spirit which is indwelling a Christian is the same Spirit which inspired the writers of Scripture. The Spirit cannot be at war with himself. He cannot be at war with the Word of God. So, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control will all be defined by what Scripture reveals. And all of those things are what? Things that are pointing us to obedience in Christ because Christ says, if he's our Lord, then we will do what he says. So, all of this is to point us back to the fact that if you are indeed a Christian, you will produce fruit. Not by your own ability, as Rich pointed out and, and through Spurgeon's sermon, but rather the Spirit will produce it in you and you will have a desire to learn what to do by your desire to study the Scriptures and obey them. This is what my, the marks of a Christian is. Someone who seeks to produce this or, or have this fruit in his, his or her life and the only way they can do that is by knowing the Word of God. And they have a desire to do so and to read it and to love it and praise God for it. That's what makes, that's the mark of a Christian. Someone who loves God, loves His Word, and seeks to produce fruit consistent with that Word. If you struggle, if you know you're struggling with sin and you and you you're just beating yourself up because I can't believe I did that I said that oh man why did I do this again take heart because you are being conformed to the image of Christ that's fruit it may be the first bud of the fruit it may be the first few leaves of the flower but it's the war against the mar the marks of the flesh Take heart, Christian. You have an advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who is at the right hand of the Father in your defense. Uh, Rich, before we let him go, any last thoughts? Well, one thing, too, we need to point out that we need to be careful and distinguish between false fruit and true fruit of the Spirit. Amen. One sign of false fruit is claiming to love Christ while still clinging to one of the marks of the flesh spoken of earlier in this passage. If you are clinging to any particular sin and you're not fighting against it, you're embracing it, you are making excuses for it, then you are not exhibiting true biblical fruit. You may be 
exhibiting some form of false fruit, but it is not true biblical fruit. And that is another thing that is very, very dangerous and very prevalent in today's world is people look across the landscape of professing Christianity and think they're seeing fruit, but actually what they're seeing is false fruit because they are preaching a false gospel to false converts in a world that is trying to uh, people in the world that are still trying to be in the world instead of being in Christ. Um, and I, especially in this portion, I would encourage you to go read the Spurgeon sermon. One thing I'd like to leave with you though, from him was love, love appears as a growth. Fruit does not start from the tree perfectly ripe at once. First comes a flower then a tiny formation which shows that the flower has set. Then a berry appears, but it is very sour. You may not gather it. Let it alone a little while and allow the sun to ripen it. By and by it fills out, and there you have the apple in the full proportions of beauty and with a mellow flavor which delights the taste. Love springs up in the heart and increases by a sure growth. Love is not produced by casting the mind in the mold of imitation or by fastening the grace to a man's manner as a thing outside of himself. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. It is not something assumed by a man, but something growing out of his heart. Some men sugar their conversation with, largely, with very largely and pretentious words because they are aware that the fruit it is made of is unripe and sour. In such a case, their sweetness is not affection, but affectation. But true love, real love for God and man, comes out of a man because it is in him, wrought within him, by the operation of the Holy Ghost, whose fruit it is. The outcome of regenerated manhood is that a man lives no longer unto himself, but for the good of others and to glorify Christ. How sweet is the fruit of the Spirit. I say fruit and not fruits, for the text says so. The work of the Spirit is one whether it be known by the name of love, joy, peace, meekness, or gentleness, or temperance. Moreover, it is constant. The fruit of spirit is born continually in its season. It is reproductive, for the tree multiplies itself by its fruit, and Christianity must be spread by the love and joy and peace of Christians. Let the Spirit of God work in you, dear brethren, and you will be fruitful in every good work, doing the will of the Lord, and you will real, uh, rear others like you who shall, when your time is over, occupy your place and bring forth fruit to glorify Christ. And, and in closing, I would just like to add this myself. As Christians, we're to beget others, just like in the genealogies of the Old Testament. If possible, each of us truly saved in Christ could trace our lineage of gospel proclamation back to the disciples of Christ. Christ himself prayed for those who would believe through the proclamation of those with him. And in John 17, 20, Christ stated, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. As Christians, we are to reproduce fruit by proclaiming the gospel of Christ to others and praying and begging Christ to grant salvation to others. As Christians, that's how we reproduce our fruit and we beget other Christians is through the proclamation of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. 
Folks, we hope this is bringing encouragement to you because it's tough when we're, we're it's it can be an an easy podcast to do when you see what the world is doing or big Eva minded easy believism seeker friendly church churchianity is out there doing all the things the Bible says is wrong. And it's in some ways it can be very easy to respond to those things. And we can do all kinds of episodes about how bad that stuff is. At the same time, there can be a something missing. And what we're hoping we've done in this episode is to bring in that something missing, that issue of edifying the saints about what it means to be a follower of Christ. You have been indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You have been a, made a new creation. You've been given a new heart with new desires, a willingness to be obedient to, the, to, to Christ and his commandments. And in that is that you are still at war with your flesh. You are still living in this world. You are still faced with temptation. You still struggle with the desires of the flesh. But that struggle... And the bearing of fruit is what marks you as an actual follower of Christ. It is the mark of true salvation. That you are bearing fruit and you are warring against the flesh. Hey, brother. Yes. I'd like to add one more thing as we close out. Kind of add, adding to what you said. Whether it's our own war with sin within ourselves or whether it's watching the state of Christianity in this country and people stepping up behind a pulpit and proclaiming a false gospel like Andy Stanley and so many others. It is so easy to get discouraged in the day and age that we live. It is so easy to get discouraged with what we see and read about and hear about what's going on within the professing church. It is easy to get discouraged what we see going on in our own life. But ultimately, what we need to remember is even as we're waging war through the Holy Spirit against our own sin, and Christ is waging war against sin in the world, we need to remember we, we are in a battle that has already been won by Amen. Christ himself. In the end, Christ has already, is already victorious. If you're, if you're truly saved, you have actually already won, although while the struggle still goes on now, while we're in the body on earth, the victory is ultimately there in the end because we will be glorified with Christ in our heavenly bodies. And Christ has already defeated Satan and has defeated sin and has defeated death. And those outside of Christ in this world that are maybe proclaiming to be Christians they may actually truly believe they're Christians, but ultimately the victory has already been won. But our job right now, our mission from Christ himself, aside from fighting against our own sin, is to be proclaiming his biblical way of salvation and granting and praying that he grant salvation to others. We, 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 we cannot save everyone. In fact, we cannot save anyone. All we can do is be obedient to Christ and pray and desire to see others saved in Christ that maybe this stranger we spoke to today 
one day when we're glorified with Christ in heaven, we may meet that stranger and learn that the Lord used us and worked through us to grant that individual salvation as well. Amen. Amen. So, folks, we hope this has been helpful to you. We hope this has been a blessing to you and an encouragement. And we hope it's challenged you. Because as you continue to watch, as Rich pointed out, we, we watch all these things happening around us. And sometimes we feel inadequate to respond. We don't know what we're supposed to do, especially when someone levels the thou shalt not judge, the 11th commandment at you. Take heart that the word of God has told you what you are to do. Examine your walk. Make sure you are in the faith. Come alongside your brethren and you know encourage them when you see fruit of the Spirit. And bring them to the foot of the cross when you see them in sin. And of course, if you see someone who professes Christ, but rejects everything about obeying him, then as Rich said, you may have someone you need to bring the gospel to because this person desperately needs to, to know that Christ is Lord and that it is their command by his very word to bow the knee in repentance and faith. And you can have the distinct honor of being the person who does that and being used of God. Whether that person repents, of course, is in the hands of God. It is not something you will ever accomplish. So your trust is not in your methodology. Your trust is not in, in, in the numbers of people who do. But your trust is in the power of God to save. So you bring them to the foot of the cross. You preach the gospel to them. You proclaim the way of salvation. And you trust the work to the Lord. And God will do one of two things. He will either bring that person to salvation at a time and place of his choosing, or on the day of judgment, that person will know that they never they've, they never could say they did not know because God made sure the gospel was presented to them. So take that opportunity because that is what God has put you here for. So take heart. If you are someone, even who is, as it said in, you know, in that uh, message from sermon, even just the, the tiniest bud on the vine, that tiniest flower that's just starting to show, that's fruit of the Spirit. Continue to nourish yourself in the Word. Bow the knee in prayer. Worship God alone who has redeemed you and continue to war against the flesh. And you will see the Spirit producing fruit in you. May that be your encouragement this week. Thank you, folks, for being with us. If you are getting new to us, by the way, thank you for joining on. If you ever want to hear, uh, get hold of us, you can easily do that by one of two ways. One is to email us directly at voiceofreasonradio at gmail.com. However, if you forget that, just bookmark for yourself slavetothekeng.com. That is our website. That bookmark gives you the links to the show that... Oddly, it didn't post recently, the last couple of them, to the website. I think I got that fixed. Hopefully that'll fit, uh, be corrected. But it has the links to the show. It has, it should put the uh, show up there. If you are a follower of the website and you noticed that a, a week's show did not post, please email us. Let us know. Uh, found that by accident. And it, it gives you all of our social media links, and it gives you the means to contact us uh, through the Contact Us tab on the page. So I would encourage you, go to sleevetothekeng.com, follow us, be a follower of the website, but also bookmark it so that you can get a hold of us if you ever need to. We would love to hear from you. I believe we did actually have, on, on Apple anyway, it looked like we had a new review from somebody last week. Appreciate that very much. On whatever podcast app you choose, 
would I, I would like to encourage you to consider leaving a review. Doesn't boost us ratings, doesn't make it easier to find. It does, however, allow someone to be able to see that someone is listening and whether they find this program valuable or not, it gives them that added bit of information. Would encourage you to do that. If you, uh, another way to follow us is go to Podbean and are on uh, in the App Store. Go to you know whether it's Sam or Samsung, Android or Apple. Um, <laughs> I'm so used to saying Samsung because pretty much every Android device is a Samsung anymore. Um, go to the uh, App Store on your Apple. Go to Google Play on uh, if you're an Android, and find the Podbean app. You can download it. You can follow us there, and that's another way that if you don't use any, you don't like any of these other platforms, that's one way you can uh, you can follow us is just go straight to Podbean. So um, thank you all so much for being with us this week. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your prayers, especially. You guys have been a genuine blessing to us, and we're so grateful to be a part of your life in some small way. So God bless you guys this week. Whatever you do in the coming week, do it for the glory of God. Thank you. Good night. We'll see you next time.